Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with two Hall of Famers today, my co-host, Ms. Leanne Whippet, and, of course, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. So we're going to jump into your holiday barbecue show and some tailgating here in a minute. But first, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. Don't forget, you can go to their online store, purchase whatever you want to do. When you check out, just use the code BBQNATION. You get 15% off. comes right to your door. That's PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Did you say 50%? No, 15. 15. Oh, 50. Oh, 50%. <laughs> I don't even get 50%. Well, say 50% that everyone will go to the site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Labor Day is upon us. And of course, as a tradition here on the show for the last few years, we always have Meathead with us to talk about different holidays and the dishes and the cooking techniques and that. So we're holding steadfast to that. So, um, I wanted to throw out a couple little stats for you, Meathead. Just, just to, I looked these up last night. There is a new trend. Okay, uh, barbecue chicken now is at forty uh, percent as far as the amount of people that are going to do a Labor Day barbecue. It edges out steak. Uh, steak comes in at thirty-seven percent. This was done by a outfit called Black Enterprise, and. This is going to make you cry. It edges out ribs by almost 10% now. Mm. I, I didn't know that till last night. So no, I'm not surprised. I mean, chicken I'm is America's either. favorite meat. Uh, everybody loves it indoors or outdoors. It's cheap. It's easy to cook. Uh, you can uh, flavor it so many different ways. Um, I'm not at all surprised. Ribs, a lot of people are intimidated by them. Uh, they're tricky. You know, a lot of people yeah. think if you just slow, throw a slab of ribs on a hot grill, you're fine. Uh, but uh, as we all know in the barbecue world, low and slow is much better. And there's a technique that needs to be applied to get great ribs. Um, same thing for steaks, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, making great steak is is not hard, as we know. But it is to many people. They, you know, they always, I uh, frequent email. How do I get a steak as good as they serve at Morton's? You know, how do I get mm-hmm. a great steak? And it isn't that hard, but it's it's not intuitive, you know. And so I'm not at all surprised about chicken. Not at all. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you on that because. Uh, it's chicken, the economy, too. Yeah, I believe that's. That's probably true. That's true. That's true. The economy is uh, still strong. I went into the store the other day. A rack of ribs, 20 bucks. Yeah. That's yeah. without dry rub, without even everything else that goes into it. Yeah. 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 We, uh, when we were coming home from our little vacay the other day, we got a 
uh, non-surprising call from our daughter who said her and her friends were floating on the river, but boy, they would sure like to come by and have ribs. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> so and this is on two hours notice, right? It's on two hours notice. So I actually, right. I actually stopped at a store. Don't yell at me for this. I stopped at a store on the east side of the mountain, bought three racks of ribs. They were frozen. And I let them thaw in the car as we got <laughs> as we drove home, and then I could put them on the smoker. I was like, "God, kid, you're killing me!" Wow. Here. But you were right, Leanne. Each one of those racks was anywhere between eighteen and twenty-four bucks. But you go to Costco and they're selling a cook rack to ri- ribs. It was like less than ten dollars. It was yes. crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a loss leader. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it's kind of like their. $8 chicken or whatever they've sold uh-huh. for years. You know, I, yeah. I don't know about that. But so let's, we need, let's we need ta- to put a warning out to all those chicken cooks. And that is you absolutely need a digital thermometer to check their temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, chicken has time and time again been tested and found to have pathogenic uh, bacteria. Unless it is cooked to a minimum of 160, USDA says 165. But you can get away with 160, where it's just a little bit juicier. And you've got to do this. Otherwise, Granny uh, is going to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do that to her. Uh, The other thing is, is you really got to watch the skin. And that means you've got to got this set up in two zones. You've got to cook it in a gentle heat away from the flame. Otherwise, you're going to burn the skin and it'll be raw in the center. Once you get those couple of tricks down, you can have a lot of fun with chicken. In fact, I cooked chicken thighs last night. And a little later, if you want, I'll tell you about some fun things I did with them. Sure. Love it. Sure. I know. And I've told this story many times on the show, but growing up when we would have a barbecue, my mom and dad always cooked chicken. And for those of you who are over the ages of 45, I'll put it that way, because that encompasses most of us here. They did the same thing every time, but they never learned from it. They'd put the, a whole chicken on the rotisserie. Uh-huh. They let it cook and it was over directly. It couldn't have been six inches above the charcoals, uh-huh. you know, and it would. And then they'd start slathering sauce on it. So uh-huh. it looked like the back of your chair there, meathead, by the time it came <laughs> off. I mean, it, and it wasn't very tasty. But is there is would you recommend and I'd like this from both of you, please. But would you recommend Instead of trying to do a whole bird, either like spatchcocking, like we've talked about before on the show, or just getting quarters or legs and thighs, what have you. Uh, I prefer to do either, if I do quarters, I actually like to do what they call a Cornish game hen, which is just a baby chicken. But if not, I like to do pieces. So I'd like to do 100%. Um, I think in general, that you you can you can get in trouble when you try to cook whole animals, mm-hmm. whether it's a whole turkey or a whole chicken or a whole hog. You have a variety of muscles on these animals. For example, chicken breast is at its optimum at 160 or so where it's safe. Um, and chicken thighs are better at 170 to 175. So if you break the bird down, you can tempt them individually and take them off at the optimum temperature. Mm-hmm. Think about a whole hog, um, which I know that uh, Leanne has cooked uh, probably many mm-hmm. times. Um, you've got the tenderloin, which is best at 135 to 140, 
Um, and then you and it's exposed to the heat on the in, uh, mm-hmm. once you open that cavity and the loin, which is should be cooked in around the same temperature. And then you have the hams and the shoulders, which should probably go up to 200, 203. And they're really thick pieces of meat that take forever. It's really hard to get this animal right. Um, so if you break it down, you can cook each piece, each muscle to its optimum. And I'm with you on the Cornish game hens. Now, it's just my wife and me in this house. Right. And the Cornish game hen, you split it in half and uh, cut the legs off and uh, cut the uh, cook them in quarters. And, uh, you know, a half a bird is perfect serving for my yep. wife and I. They tend to be tenderer and juicier than a whole uh, a whole uh, chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, and, the th- and the skin is thinner, yes. so it's easier to crisp. Mm-hmm. So I'm big on Cornish game hens. Love oh. them. Yeah. I always have a couple, three in the freezer for us or, you know, like that. Leanne, um, when you're when you're teaching a class or you're doing TV work or whatever, mm-hmm. what do you tell people is the most important? First of all, about like we were just talking to you. Well, like we pieces had said, or, it, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, I did a Thanksgiving class and we spatchcocked the turkeys you know mm-hmm. i i think it's super important not only that but you're getting more external char you know on the in you know underneath the bird versus when it's whole you don't get that on the inside of it so yeah the yeah. cavity is stays tan and gray when, when you spatchcock it you can brown the cavity mm-hmm. right brown it beautifully. Mm-hmm. yeah sure. and if and if folks if you're listening if you're new to the show i'm gonna let meathead explain spatchcocking <laughs> it's a vaguely naughty sounding word yes (laughs) um but uh it is uh it's 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 some it's an old english word for butterflying the bird basically you just uh, take a whole bird and you find the backbone um which is attached to the little tail guy so that's your your giveaway and you just cut it right along the side of the backbone cutting through the ribs and remove the backbone and that you can throw in the freezer with uh the wing tips and the other things that you cut off the bird's skin and you use that for stock. Mm-hmm. But what's left is a bird without a backbone and you can open it up and press it down flat. So now you can cook it on both sides. If you cook it whole, it doesn't really get the hot air doesn't get into the cavity and you right. have tan cavity. But if you flatten it out, now you can cook it on both sides. You can brown it all over and brown is, technically they call it the Maillard reaction, but it's more flavor and flavor. Also, it cooks faster. So there's less moisture Mm -hmm. loss. Now we've got Labor Day coming up, like we said at the top of the show. Um, I'm going to jump proteins here. Every year we hear stories about people that undercook their burger patties. I'm really not sure how they do that, but that's just me being a snob, I guess. But we always hear people about, you know, 15 people, maybe they got a bad batch of burger, but more than likely they just undercooked it. And it doesn't seem to be a happy medium for folks either. They undercook it or they turn it into, you know, an old piece of shoe leather. Hockey puck. Hockey puck stuff. That's why, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. No, no. I, I wanted to get you. We got a couple minutes here. I wanted to get both of your takes on that. You know, give them three things that they should absolutely unequivocally, if I said that right, uh, do to be safe when you're cooking burger patties. Bring it to an internal temperature of 155. Um, 
Also, you know, a big mistake is, and, and I don't know what it is, but people like to smash them down and it, you know, releases all the juices. So you get flare ups on your grill. So don't be smashing. Um, you really should. <laughs> I, I think burgers, you should only flip once, you know, let it get that nice char and don't fiddle with it where you're losing some of the burger on your grill and try to just flip it once. And heavy salt and pepper is great. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. And also the other Hall of Famer on the show today, Miss Leanne Whippen. You're listening to Barbecue Nation. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Leanne Whippen and Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Really quickly, if you want to email us, you can just go to BarbecueNationJT.com. There's a little uh, thing there where you can send us a message. You can also send us messages on Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And we're talking about um, Labor Day, which for a lot of people, and again, I don't understand this, but is the last big barbecue holiday of the season. Uh, not for us, but Heck no, for a lot of folks, it is. So in the first segment, you said that you had, uh, done some special stuff with your chicken thighs last night. So do tell. Yeah. Um, I- I've been learning a lot about Koji. Yes. Um, and Koji is a, um, mold that is used in making, um, uh, sake, uh, soy sauce, um, uh, many uh, condiments in China and Asia. It's edible, it's safe, and it creates all kinds of fun flavors. A couple of weekends ago, I was in Cleveland and I visited uh, the Larder restaurant uh, where they specialize in food that has been treated and aged with koji. Um, and uh, I, I, I met with the, uh, the, the owner and uh, uh, fascinating uh, discussion. Um, and I learned an awful lot um, and uh, it, it was a great deal of fun. We tried all kinds of fun things, and uh, I've been fiddling with this stuff for a while. Um, if you Google around, you'll see people who have uh, purported that it ages steaks, um, like uh, it, it, it resembles a, a dry-aged steak. Mm-hmm. It's not quite, but in any case, this... Um, Koji, the liquid, if you get the liquid and you combine it, it looks like apple cider on Amazon. Um, it is loaded with enzymes. And those enzymes really do a job on, on, on proteins. And I took th- three chicken thighs for my wife, three for myself, six total. And I uh, marinated two in Koji liquid overnight. Um, I treated two with MSG for just 15 minutes or so. And then the other two uh, just got salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were the the, the, the base example. Did um, you have skin on was, them or were they skinless? Skin on. Skin on, okay. okay. Skin on. Um, and uh, it was absolutely fascinating. The I think the Koji ones are just amazing. 
It really alters, but it amplifies the flavor. My wife didn't care for them. I think they're fantastic. We both agreed that the MSG one was excellent. It wasn't as rich and strong as the Koji one, but it did amplify the flavors. And if you know, you can give accent, you can buy accent yeah, in yeah, the yeah. store. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Ajinomoto, which is an ingredient you buy on Amazon, same thing. It's just it's 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 the um, enzymes that are that create the umami flavor. And I know some people think it gives headaches. It has never been absolutely proven. There's been a ton of people doing laboratory research tests. Um, a lot of your um, uh, snack foods like Doritos yeah. are just loaded with um, uh, the MSG. Um, it, you might try it. I mean, it really it is a fun thing to play with, um, especially with meats. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. I don't know. Did if it I... affect the texture of the skin at all? Um, hard to say because I really had the koji is it grows on um, rice, which is a starch, of course, and it contains um, starches, and those things are converted to sugars. When you're cooking food that's been marinated in koji, it browns really fast. Mm. So I had to really do some juggling. I used my gas grill. And mm-hmm. I had three burners and I'm moving things left and right and in and out and up and down mm-hmm. to make sure they all come out the same in order to have a good taste, uh, taste test. But um, uh, the, the skins were delicious on all three, but you really did notice the flavors in the meats. Huh. Did Koji make it, if you will, more salty yes. or, or a stronger? Yeah. You don't need salt when you're cooking with Koji. Okay. And and also, I don't. I didn't uh, feel the need for salt with the MSG. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we we've got uh, three or four minutes here, so we'll get started on this subject. But it is football season. Yay! Yay! Yay. Go Giants! <laughs> You're a Giants fan in Tampa. I am. Well, yeah. I lived in Jersey. I was raised in Jersey. I know that's not New York, but it's close enough. It's close enough. It's <laughs> across the river. Miami. You're a do- you should be a Dolphins uh, fan or a, a Buccaneers fan. My grandmother was Dolphins. Yeah, I'm sort of Bucks now that I'm down here. But no, I'm a Giants fan through and through. Well, I went to University of Florida, so I'm a Kyle Trask fan, who is your oh, number two quarterback, and yeah, I'm this number two. He's going to get in there eventually, and I think he's going to be better than Baker Mayfield. Oh, now That'd be nice surprise. Baker does a <laughs> hell of a commercial. Yeah, that's good. They were good. <laughs> but because it's it's football season, and I'm sorry about your Bears preseason loss. I watched a little of that game last week, and I felt bad for you. I almost called you, and I thought, no, I better not right now. That's probably yeah. not a good idea. I don't, but, I don't care um, about preseason. The, uh, it's tailgating season, and mm-hmm. tailgating is a huge deal uh, around the country. Uh, all over the country. If you go to a college football game, or I think it's more probably more prevalent at college football games than pros, but I don't know the data on that, but that's just my uneducated guess. But, um, you know, we see them. I used to do the, the Oregon Ducks game. We had a thing called the Quack Shack, and I would go down there every weekend and cook for the VIPs and all that stuff. And and uh, people would come in, and some of them were quite creative one guy had an old converted fire truck and there all the every door he pulled out there would be a pellet cooker or a smoker and this and that and the other thing you have to be cognizant of and i'm 
burning up all our time, so we might get to this in segment three. But there are certain rules and different campuses about yeah. charcoal pellets, gas, whatever. So you have mm-hmm. to you have to kind of be careful of that because they don't like a, you know, they don't like you cooking on a on a Weber kettle and then going off to see the game and leave the vents open and the wind comes up, you know, or something. I mean, they've they've got all kinds of that. Can you tell me the number one thing that is cooked on tailgate days? I chili. don't know, but I can guess. Chili. Did you say chili? No, yeah. I didn't. No, I did. Leanne did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Meathead, you want to take a stab at it? I would say burgers or hot dogs. Yeah. It's burgers than dogs. Anyway, we're going to come back and talk about tailgating in just a minute. Please stay with us. You're listening to Barbecue Nation, and we appreciate you. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on USA Radio Networks and every platform as far as podcasts and stuff known to man. Uh, We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. I've got Leanne hooked on it. I'm working on Meathead. Yeah. So uh, we can do that. You can go to their online store, uh, place your order, use the code BBQNATION. Just type it in there and you'll get 15. That's a one and a five, not a five and a zero. That's a one and a five percent off uh, when you go to checkout. So do that. They've got some great stuff there. They've got some great beef bacon on there. Um, really terrific stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I used to use their beef bacon uh, when I did uh, bacon, feta and tomato on the grill for people. And I always use their beef bacon on that. It was really good. Anyway, we've been talking about. Uh, tailgating, and I tried to bail Leanne out with chili burgers, but I don't think it, I don't think it worked very chili well. Chili dogs, so chili dogs, yeah. Now, now, media could probably go for chili dogs, but I don't know about chili burgers there. Mm-hmm. But um, and so we kind of decided that burgers are number one, and, and hot dogs and brats are number two. But when you go to these events, I say change things up a little bit. That's just me, but I cooked at a lot of tailgaters. Uh, you don't always have to do burgers and dogs. You can do you can do chicken thighs, you or know, wings, you, or you wings can are... do wings. Mm-hmm. I used to get the uh, the little terrace majors. I sent you some meathead. I know Leanne, you've had, I've had them. yep. And I slice them up like uh, they, you can kind of fool people. They think they're getting a baby fillet and you can cook them and they they just turn out like stick, you know, oversized. You better explain what a terrace major is. Well, it's a show. I, mean, I know we got drum majors. <laughs> you know, but... uh, it's a shoulder muscle in the steer and it's actually very, very tender. And um, it looks when you buy them whole, they look like a. Uh, a baby tenderloin Mm -hmm. kind of and you just uh 
you know, clean them up a little bit and you can cook them whole and slice them, which is always very impressive to people because they're very juicy. Or you can go pre-slice them and, and you know, just make little uh, fillets out of them and they work really good. They're not as expensive as tenderloins uh, by a long shot but they're really good and they used to be kind of like tri-tips where they just ground them up and put them in the in the burger but they don't do that anymore because they're using more parts of all the animals that we uh harvest so well they've discovered if you if you imagine the shoulder muscles mm-hmm. um and uh, you know you buy a pork butt that's the, the shoulder muscle or a chuck roast that's shoulder muscles there's a lot of different muscles in there. If you look at the cross section, you see a lot of those veins of fat mm-hmm. running left and right. And each of those are individual muscles. And some of them are really hardworking and very tough. Others don't work as hard and are very tender. And so these uh, archaeologists of uh, anatomy get in there and they have been pulling these individual muscles out and finding that, you know, some of them are really good and you yeah. can charge more for them. And uh, that that's what's been going on there. Uh, um, so that's a good choice, I think. The uh, the terrorist mate. Is there a common name that people can use when they ask their butcher for it? Um, Painted Hills named them. Uh, yeah, they, for, they did change it. Yeah, it was. Uh, Is that petite fillet or something? Yeah, like it's that? a petite. I can't remember what the what the the actual muscle name they used for it, but they didn't use Terrace Major. They used like a. Uh, petite something i'm sorry i i no, should i, I should have known that but um they know. they're they're quite good and that's why i say about changing things up a little bit so you don't always have to come in and get the burger and dog there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but in my book if you can make something a little different uh there were times i did kind of like fajitas or quesadillas and stuff because i had you know, you got your grill grates on one side if you're using a gas grill so you can heat up your tortillas and you can cook the meat on the other or whatever. But I'd like to get your ideas on that. Well, if you're asking me, I I, I think there's there's two ways to approach a tailgating. Item. I, 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 one is, is to cook on premise. Uh-huh. You know, you go there and you've got raw meats and stuff and you can cook there like wings and burgers and brats and stuff. Or you can cook a lot of this stuff in advance if you want to do ribs. You can cook ribs in the morning or the night before and bring them and you just need to reheat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you don't heat them over a big hot flame. You just reheat them on the indirect side and it doesn't take long to do that. You can do the same with brisket if you slice it. Um, uh, you know, you can make up your pancake. Bath. I like to go to the game early. I, I tailgate before and after the game. So I like to get there early. And often that means for a noon game, that's breakfast. So right. I'll mix up my pancake batter and pour it into a Ziploc bag. Or I'll take eggs and I'll scramble them mm-hmm. and throw in a little cream and some salt and throw that in a Ziploc bag. So when I get there, all I got to do is dump it on a griddle and away we go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there are there are techniques that you can employ. Um, something I should point out, on my website, amazingribs.com, we have a checklist. And uh, since I'm a veteran tailgater, I have forgotten (laughs) one of everything at one time or another, including my Mm -hmm. tickets. Um, uh, So there's a checklist you can print out of everything you could possibly need to bring. A lot of stuff you won't want to bring, you know, but, you know, hats, sunglasses and, and all the cooking utensils you might need, salt and pepper shakers and so on. So go and print out that checklist before you go to the game and uh, you won't forget anything. 
But my standby for tailgating now is flank steak. Um, I, I, you know, I bring an a, an inexpensive uh, uh, Weber portable Smoky Joe or a, or even a hibachi because mm-hmm. flank steak is only an inch thick at its yeah. thickest, right? And um, it's 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 just such a tasty piece of meat, and you can cook it from start to finish in thirty minutes and uh get a gorgeous sear on it and a medium rare in the center um and uh so i like to bring flank steak and then people make sandwiches out of it or they eat it straight um so that's and that you know that kind of upscale steak is what impresses Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. what for our listeners uh and this is going to sound like a very rudimentary question but i get this at least a couple times a year What's the difference between a skirt steak and a flank steak for people, they're, especially when they're cooking? They're different muscles and they lay next to each other on the underside of the animal. Mm-hmm. They're off the belly, essentially, and they're very hardworking muscles, but they have lots of flavor. Skirt steaks tend to be really thin. There's the inside skirt and the outside skirt. Um, the outside skirt is the thicker one, and I think the better one. The inside skirt is really thin almost impossible to keep it pink in the center when you grill it. Mm-hmm. Um, the outside skirt, you can, um, if you're cooking hot and fast, get it dark on the outside with a little pink in the center. Uh, flying steaks are thicker, and so they are easier to get good and dark on the outside and still keep the medium rare or medium in the center. And uh, I just love the flavor. They're easy to grill. They're easy to slice. They make great slices, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I love flank steak, not just at the game, but even at home. It's just one of my favorite cuts. I like to use the skirts for, like I said a few minutes ago, fajitas and stuff. Yes. Or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to chop them up a little bit, tacos, what, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, anything you can kind of wrap up like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I I love using those. What about you there, Ms. Whippin? I like both of them. I agree with Meathead. Um, I definitely flank better because you can get more of a mid rare. Mm-hmm. But it depends on the application. You're right, too. They're both, it's much more affordable than a ribeye. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Normally, you can have as much flavor as ribeye. It's just that they're tougher. Yeah. And if you slice them against the grain, thin slices, quarter inch or so, they're not that tough. No, because you've, you know, it's they're not big enough that you have to like yard on them with your teeth i don't mean to be graphic mm-hmm. but that's that's really don't do the other thing i like to do and you touched on it uh there was a few times that i had to do the breakfast stuff and then it kind of merged into lunch so it was like jeff's short order of cooking that day mm-hmm. but i would take uh english muffins and uh cook them on the grill melt some cheese on them i'd have some bacon done like you said, pre-done, all I had to do was heat it up. Here's one suggestion I have for people, and you guys can correct me if if you think I'm off base here. When I make like a BLT and stuff, I actually break up the bacon a little bit, not in little tiny pieces, but I, I'll take a, you know, a piece of bacon's that long. So let's say it's 10 inches long. I'll break it up into like three pieces because a lot of times if you bite into the sandwich and the bacon's too long, you pull it out when you're yeah. trying to do that. Great idea. I never thought mm-hmm. of that. If I, I'm having BLTs tonight and um, I, I, how many times have I done that? Even on a bacon burger, yeah. you bite in and then all of a sudden you've got the whole strip oh, of bacon yeah. hanging from your chin. <laughs> yeah. And what, just break it up. What a darn you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just, you know, you, People, I just don't like 
food hanging out of people's mouths, especially <laughs> mine. <laughs> but yeah, but I would do stuff like that for him. And so that's why I said, you know, be a little creative on the grill. You don't have to just stick with hot dogs and burgers. It's not going to really cost you any more money to to do it. Just kind of think outside the box a little bit there. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know. Where'd Meathead no, go? I, I was, I, there is. I, I shut off the video because I thought the substitute picture it often throws in when I turn off the video is a picture of me biting into a flank steak hanging <laughs> off my chin. Oh, <laughs> I was going to gross you out, Jeff, but it didn't, it didn't work. You know, if you have to do hamburgers and hot dogs, though, you can make them more interesting and offer like a topping bar and have mm -hmm. a variety of toppings. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like with dogs, you can make Chicago dogs and, you know. Well, I mean, that's a, that brings up a really fun topic. I do this at home for couch skating, but you could do it at the game. Is it's un, it's really interesting. Hot dogs, we have regional styles. There right. aren't regional styles for hamburgers. You go to one block and you get a hamburger one way on another block. But there's a Chicago dog. Mm -hmm. There's a Cincinnati dog. There's a Coney Island dog. There's a Detroit Coney. There's a Dodger dog. A Seattle, and each of them are built differently with a distinctive combination of toppings and flavors. There you go. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to share a big announcement with everybody. So uh, Meathead is sticking around and Miss Leanne is around and I'm around. If I got any rounder, I'd roll. But mm -hmm. we will uh, be back in just a minute. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with uh, Ms. Whippin, Leanne. She's uh, weathering out a storm right now in Florida, but man, yeah. she made she made it to some power sources, so she's with uh -huh. us today. And Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Here's the big announcement. Leanne and I have been invited to broadcast live uh, from Byron Chisholm's private party the night before the Jack Daniels World Championships. That is so cool. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we're going to be streaming it everywhere, you know. He's YouTube. another Hall of Famer. He is he another is. Hall this of year, Famer. This year, so, this year. This year. I always feel inadequate when I've got you two on the show. I feel <laughs> like a little guy. Um, but we'll, work the, we'll work, we'll on, work that. on that. We'll work on that. Okay. Uh -huh. I, I, think, I think you deserve consideration. Yeah. Well, thank we'll you. We'll nominate him. Notice Thank I didn't you. say I deserve membership. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. I yeah, who else does for the barbecue community what you do? Uh, I try hard. I try oh. hard. And I appreciate that. Oh. I really do. Mm -hmm. And Meathead has been a steadfast guest with me since I started this show. And uh, I don't know if I could do the shows anymore without Leanne. And okay. I'm not saying that just to be <laughs> suck up. I just, they've, both of you have added so much to my shows over the years. You, you don't know how much I appreciate it. Um, you brought up something when we were at break, Meathead, that uh, what grills to take. We touched on it a little yeah. bit because some, some places have different regulations. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't really like charcoal. Uh, 
if if you live like where I do and there's lots of trees and it's dry and all that, they they kind of frown on you doing charcoal. They welcome pellet grills. They really appreciate gas grills because you can turn them off. They'll cool off and you can go to the game. But what what were your thoughts on that? Well, I'm from the uh, University of Florida and SEC, and the, they don't have tailgate down there. I mean, a lot of people say um, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi, these are the great tailgate. And, of course, the world's largest cocktail party is at the Gator Bowl when Florida plays Georgia. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. um, they're a lot of fun, but you don't want to bring your most expensive grill uh, because when you go to the game, that grill is still sitting out there on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. and uh, people have had their grills stolen. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want to bring a big fancy uh, grill. That's one of the reasons why I like to bring in a hibachi. It's a $40 thing you can buy at the uh, drugstore, and you can do the flank steaks, your burgers, your brats and simple things like that. And just leave it sitting out there on the, uh, the concrete on the parking lot. Do not, Put it. A lot of people like to push the grill under the car Mm-mm. so it's out of sight. Not a charcoal grill, please. Not under the gas tank. <laughs> I've heard of that happening and the, the kablooey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also, you know, uh, there you can buy um, inexpensive gas grills. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a good number of Weber makes a, a nice one. Um, uh, again, forgive me if I sound, sound like a commercial here. Max Good on my team tests grills and smokers, and we have a database of uh, portable uh, tailgate-type grills um, with uh, ratings and reviews that Max has actually tested that you might want to look at. But uh, gas grill is a good choice. You know, you can turn it off, like you said, Jeff. Then you can push it under the car so nobody buy or throw it in the trunk once it cools yeah. off, and you don't have to worry about the hot charcoal or any, anything a, a, anymore. So keep it simple. Yeah, they've got even tabletop models now yeah. um, that use those little Coleman green can yep. uh, of the gas. Um, very light. You know, you don't have to wrestle a full-size grill in the back of your car or something um, if mm-hmm. if that's an issue. But, and yeah. You know, you know what's hot now, both tailgating and home cooking, are griddles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hottest thing going. Mm-hmm. Everybody's buying these Blackstone and Weber and Traeger and Pitboss. You got to get Pitboss. <laughs> Pit they all have griddles. And uh, Pitboss, I think, has a really nice portable one. Their ultimate griddle is it has a ceramic top. It's fabulous, really. And I, I got to tell you, one thing I hate about um, griddling is that um, the cleanup is such a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, I have not cooked on the ceramic pit boss. I need to try one. And it's um, very easy to clean. I, I, I am madly in love with my ceramic pots and pans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cook omelets in my little eight inch ceramic, uh, uh, frying pan. And that baby slides out of there like a, a skier on a slope. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is zero sticking and that is yeah. a nice cooking surface. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Leanne, what do you, yes. when when you go to a tailgate, and I know you go because sometimes mm-hmm. I can't get a hold of you on Sunday or Monday night or Thursday mm-hmm. night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to cook, what do mm-hmm. you prefer to cook on? That is, uh, you know, portable and easy to cook without having to drag a, a you know, a big trailer over there. 
I, I'm going to have to go with the charcoal. You know, I, I just love charcoal, but nothing big because I'm not mentioning any names here, but something small because the charcoal, you want it to burn out and cool off. So if you have a lot of charcoal, obviously it's going to take too long to load it back in your car. So right. small charcoal. Um I remember cooking on hibachis, my family, when uh, we were younger. And that does the trick. You're right, Meathead. That's like the perfect answer. And it's economical. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, and they got those little things in the back where you can raise and lower the cooking grade. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. With no lid. You can't, you know, roast, but they, they cook well. So I, I got think... a bit of trivia for you. And I know oh. this is up your alley. I'm stealing your thunder, Jeff. No worries. Got a bit of trivia. Um, the football field is often called a gridiron. And it's called a gridiron because in medieval times, cooking was often done in a fireplace. And the metal rack that people cooked on was an iron, uh, was a grid made of iron. iron. And it was called the gridiron. And when they started playing football and they laid out the yard markers, they said, hey, that looks like a gridiron. And Interesting. I didn't know that. The field is known as the gridiron, named after the cooking device. And, of course, they played with pigskin. Pigskin, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Of course, football yep. is not pigskin any longer. But uh, that. Uh, so we have a real connection between football and barbecue. We've got to get out of here. Meathead is going to be subject to a new edition of Lightning Round in here in just a minute. But. My good man, tell people how they can find you and tell them all about AmazingRibs.com. we got a few seconds. And my book, Meathead, The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. Yep. Number one best-selling barbecue book right now. And for how many years? Lots of years. It's been out there. I think Steve Reichlin's book, The Barbecue Bible, is the number one of all time. But Hmm. I think mine is the number two. I'm not absolutely certain. But it's about 250,000 copies, which is pretty substantial for a cookbook. Yep, it is. It is. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Labor Day uh, party with friends and family, folks. Go out and do something fun. Do some great grilling. And remember our motto here. You remember our motto, Miss Leanne? Burn it. Don't burn it. There you go. (laughs) We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.